We're going live in three, two, one. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. It is officially tennis season in the whale household. We're watching a lot of tennis. We're not getting a lot of sleep. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a winning Aussie Open for me. It's been fun. Um, it's a little bit of drama. Last night, I was very much disappointed to see Nadal blow that to Sissipas. But at the same time, it feels important that the next generation actually get some wins against these old men and really, you know, take their take the throne that is that is uh, warranted uh, in terms of, you know, owning the tour, moving the generation on. Um, but we're going to talk heavy-duty tennis today. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Andy Molitor. And we bring our favorite tennis guest, bar none. I don't even know if there's a close second. There's not. Ball Boys reunion here. Mr. Kelly Garrett. At Big Ten Watto fame. Mr. Transparent himself. <laughs> Welcome back to the deep dive. This is probably, what, number six or seven we've done so far. Uh, always, always glad to see you and have you back again. Welcome back. How are you doing tonight, Kelly? I probably, I'm good. I probably should change the Mr. Transparent part. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, there was that time and I think we can all recall where we were when you decided not to recap that day for like, well, it was like, it was was like 30 minutes after the matches. That guy was mad though. It's funny that you rolled with a bit that long. I, yeah, I, I should probably kill it now. Yeah, I kind of forgot. I just don't kinda, even remember what it's about. So it's into the background. That's funny. Yeah. But no, this should be a good complimentary podcast with our, our evergreen one on Monday where we talked about uh, free picks. Uh, Kelly has been a pillar in the free picks community, not just posting what he's playing, uh, but giving people detailed insight, free numbers. Uh, and useful angles and strategies to handicap tennis. So, not you know, we're going to talk some Aussie Open tonight. We're going to give out some of our own free t- free picks, free tips, whatever. Um, but even more than that, we are going to talk process. Uh, I have a lot of questions for Kelly about how his process has changed over the years because this is your third season blogging every single every single every day. single or fourth, third or fourth. Why even do it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Everybody just to the sure. bottom, man. The labor of love. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, this is many years now handicapping tennis. I'm curious about the changes in your process. Um, you burst on the scene during the pandemic, uh, and the quarantine specifically as kind of the guy to go to, to read breakdowns of matchups for NASCAR. So we'll get a little couple little NASCAR preview at the end there. Um, but, uh, before we get into it, how has this fortnight treated you now that we are at the business end of the Aussie open? I posted yesterday in my blog, I am dead nuts even i was 26 from 26 minus 50 bucks like i could have just slept through the aussie open and wouldn't have affected me at all it's uh, yeah that would have been i i did that last night and you know drew alluded to the match it was he hadn't won the second set yet but nadal had 
you know, broken, taking the first set, had maybe double break in the second. Double break, yeah. And, and I'd done the, you know, fall asleep in the chair thing. I wake up, um, you know, I had, I have, I had a couple people start on flash score. I wake up and I look and lo and behold, they're in the fifth set. I said, what the shit happened here? <laughs> and then not only that, but not only that, but then I quickly check because I, I, sleep is you know sleep has eluded all of us here with overnight tennis but i also my one basketball bet from last night was like the latest west coast game of all time ever too so i'm, I'm quick scrambling you know you know that feeling when you wake up and you bet something overnight and like oh my god how did basketball do oh my god how did tennis do it's not like it was close right oh i <laughs> i actually went back and looked too like uh, i bet an underdog they were up by six late and they ended up pissing it away and just covered by the hook. So that was nice. The Nadal, you know, the Nadal result was not nice from a future standpoint on my end, but it, it is nice to see, like Drew said, some of these young guns making some moves. You know, we will eventually here, we will catch up with the women. The glass ceiling is in tennis is in the men's side because none of these young men can break through it. It feels like we just have the same people over and over winning these. Yeah, there was women. What we have like, we have like, we have like how many different, yeah, how many different champions over the past five years in the women's slams? The S load. In fact, some yeah. some of them have have like become terrible already since they've, <laughs> they've already cycled out. Like, yes. Yeah, they've already cycled yeah. out. Like Sloan and Astapenko, like they're bad yeah. now. They, yeah. Yeah, they're never winning another slam. I totally no. agree. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, on top of that, like I, 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 uh, I think I did. I was talking to uh, I don't, uh, I, you know, Andy. If my audio is still problematic, let me know. I'm having problems with my video too. I might be resetting here at some point, and this might be a true ball boys reunion. Just the two of you for a hot minute while I reset stuff. But we should leave um, Kelly all by himself. The true <laughs> ball boys. Remember that? <laughs> that happened once before. before. <laughs> but yeah, no. Let's. Uh, I mean, the um, the general. Um, yeah, the the general feeling, you know, you, you have to go back to 2004 French Open to find a real long shot that came actually ended up winning a men's yeah. slam. Love how you grabbed that. That's totally the right one, too. Unbelievable. I, I mean, it's been since then because other than as you know, since then, it's been Federer, Nadal, Djokovic in that order in terms of total titles. Um, and you've had a decent amount of, you know, you know, a, cu a couple through a three for Stan. You had a Del Potro in there. You had a couple of Andy Murray's in there. You had a, a Chilich in there randomly. Um, there was a couple of random ones, but not like real long shots. Right. And, uh, and then team finally breaks through, finally snaps the streak of the big three last year at the U S open. It was huge. Um, and you know, from, and here we go. It's a, uh, it's it, you know it's tough to say if the state of tennis is in good shape i feel like it is i feel like this is a perfect time where you have sort of this matriculation of the older players the up and coming new players a lot of uncertainty on the men's side uh which should be exciting and fun and um yeah i mean it's i, I guess what you know what what is your you know what is your general temperature of uh, of the state of tennis kelly like player wise, breakthrough wise, everything, I'm, man. I am so ready for the big three to be over. Like, um, anytime now would be great. Uh, I wish it had happened last year. Um, like I know team, team, uh, one, but he had Drew's leaving, he's matriculating <laughs> off the screen. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, the and the team one that was I think that was big. Hopefully it's not like you can say that's like, oh, now the dam is going to open. You still have to beat these men every single yeah. time, at least one of them, and eventually Fed coming back. But boy, it's it did feel like it was it was a move in the right direction for I wish tennis. I wish he had beaten Djokovic. Um, that's kind of why I, I I wanted Nadal to win last night because even if like let's pretend like the the impossible is going to happen and Karatsev beats Djokovic and Nadal beats Tsitsipas or Tsitsipas, sorry, Tsitsipas beats Medvedev or Medvedev beats Tsitsipas and one of them plays Karatsev in the final and wins, they're going to have the same asterisks beside their name that team has. And I don't want that to happen. I want them to slay a giant on the way. Um, I have a future on Medvedev. He was my pick to win this tournament back in like, November, December, uh, when the when he won the uh, World Two Tour Finals, which I also had net right on, which was nice. Um, I uh, yeah, I, I had team. To... I had team, so uh, yeah, good, good, nice, that. nice job, nice job, <laughs> Kelly, nice job. I I wanted him to win this tournament. I thought he was going to break through here. I had read the courts were going to be faster. Uh, a lot of people don't seem to remember that the reason team had such a breakthrough at the Aussie last year was because they dramatically s- slowed the course down. Great call. Um, and like, that's why he had that surprise final. Um, he nev- never usually does that good in the Aussie. And this year they sped it back up. And of course he was out in the third round. Um, I think though, just as an aside, he'll do great again at the Aussie or at the U uh, S open. So get your team U S open tickets ready again. Ooh, back to back. He should have won it in 2019 when I had the first outright on him. He hadn't gotten sick. He was in sure. great form. Oh yeah, that was a classic <laughs> Kelly curse. He was. He yeah, was. You had you'd bet it. He like wasn't great. Three four months in advance. Yeah. And we we were you know you're hyping it up and it was feeling good. Sick. It was looking good. He was playing well. And then yeah. it's like oh he's got the flu. Yeah. yeah. That was in the yeah. first round. Uh, but I do think Medvedev can win this event. Uh, the way he's playing right now, he looked like balls to the wall against Rublev. There was no let up. There's always when a, another player is sick or not playing well or takes an MTO or just looks lethargic on the like Monfils does it all the time to people. He plays possum and it throws the other guy off. Rublev was like visibly in pain last night and just leaning over his racket, crouching down. He went in and like took a shower in between. He, the took, a, he took a fucking shower. Yeah. He was so out of sorts, but Medvedev didn't let it bother him. He just kept steamrolling over top of him. Yeah. And there was a shot where I knew that he was like just in the zone at the start of the third set was in the second game when he broke Rublev, he ran to the net to finish the point off. And as he turned around, the camera was zoomed in on him and he did this little smirk. He just went like this little sly smile to himself. Like, I don't think he knew the camera was on him. He was looking down and he's had this little like smirk, like, yeah, that's right. I did that. And that's what I love. Like, just the inner self-confidence, not cocky. He's not dancing around like Nadal with the fucking arm pumps all the time. <laughs> like, little sly smile to himself. Like, yeah, that was an amazing shot. I just did that. And he walks back and, like, aces out the next game and ran away with the – so I, I hope he plays – I hope Djokovic doesn't get upset against Karatsev. I want – You think that's realistic? Well, we'll get to Kratzev. We'll get to Kratzev. We'll get to Kratzev. Hey, hold on, hold on. I guess my my larger point is just to speed this up. I just want, I don't want the asterisk. I I think team is forever going to have the the first 
It's going to be like Osaka when she beat Williams and all kinds of people were making excuses about the line judging shit. I don't want any of that. I want a legit next-gen guy beating one of the Lions on the hill and no... In a final. Yeah, in a final. So whether it's... like I hope it's Medvedev from my pocketbook, but if it sits in class, that's fine. Whatever. Just somebody beat Djokovic in a final in Australia, which Andy Murray failed to do five times. Like... Mm. Let's just have somebody beat them. And that's a legit check mark where you can say the next generation's finally begun. It's got to be this year. Yeah. Oh. If, if Dennis Istomin can do it, why, why not Medvedev? Yeah. Right? Sidebar on, the, <laughs> sidebar on the Russians. Is Rublev's brain now broken? I have next a lot of takes plays, on this. I have lots of takes Medvedev, on this. I have lots of takes. He's not he, – like just taking it, taking a step back – comparing these two players, pretending they've never played each other before. Medvedev is the more skilled player. Medvedev is a better player in a lot of facets of his game, but Rublev is not that far behind. But every time now, it's just like, oh, he's he's toast. Dude, like, I, I don't know if it's a mental block at this point. It, it, even if it wasn't a mental block, every time he does this, just gets straight-setted, it has to get worse. Like and it is, you know, we we talk about this. I spoke about this with Alex the other day. Like, man, it, it's rough. Like, you lose the Super Bowl, you walk off with you know fifty two other guys and a bunch of coaches. When you lose, on you're on Margaret Court Court, yeah, and you lose, and there's a camera following you. You're just you. There, somebody doesn't even carry your damn bag. You're carrying this giant bag, looking sad. The, the cameras follow you through the tunnel. You're out there all by yourself. Like it, it's awful losing a tennis match. It looks like. I've never yeah. lost a tennis match because I've never I, played one competitively. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it was not a perfect storm for him to get the upset yesterday whatsoever. It was in the heat. He uses so much more power than Medvedev. I mean, the degree to which Medvedev is a more natural player and a, you know, he, he gets it all back. He'll frustrate you if you're trying to get, you know, if you're determined to win a point and you're at, you know, you know, you're at six thousand RPM, you know, and, and he's just getting it back, getting it back. Like, you're going to overheat. And that's what happened to Rublev in that, uh, you know, they had that 143-shot rally or whatever it was. Uh, and that was, you know, game, set, match at that point. He's cramping in the third quarter. I, I noticed that smile you brought up, too. And it was funny because, like, he – in the po- did you hear any of his post-game press? He was basically like, yeah, I was pretty – pretty psyched like nobody makes rublev cramp up and i did it you know, i did like, it yeah he was happy like, that that's, he didn't some, that's some killer that's some psycho killer shit and yeah. i love that and uh, you know and a guy that you want to back in grand slam best of five um and it granted if they don't play uh much on the clay if they don't play much you know say they don't play at wimbledon if they don't play again until the american hardcore swing rublev's in trouble so he's gonna he's gonna have trouble against uh, you know Medvedev on these medium speed to fast hard courts because me- Medvedev gets gets it all back and his serve is good enough that it's it's not easy to get damage on him. But if Medvedev you know runs up you know if Rublev runs up against him in like uh, let's say Madrid or Hamburg uh, you know or you know, or or, or uh, what were you thinking? Rome. Well, Rome. Oh, Rome would be nice. Yeah, yeah. But if it's if it's on clay, where Rublev moves much, much better than Medvedev on clay, um, then he'll get him, and then he'll start to kind of level the. Uh, you know, it'll it'll be like Rublev will be like the clay guy, and and or at least in that in that head to head, and you know, because I do think he has an advantage over him in certain situations, um, and you know, it, it, 
but it's not going to happen at a grand slam. It's not going to happen in best of five. It's, you know, until he breaks through at some lower level type type of events where the stakes are a little lower, because I agree with you, Andy, if he, if they, if the next time these two guys play and it's at the U S open or the tour finals, forget about it. He's going to lose the straights again. Like it's, it's just the, it, the mental even, aspect is real. Even Wimbledon. I don't think he can take him on grass right now. Like I would, I would prefer to see him get a win on clay. Like if they meet in, in one of those, you know, there's those series of high end clay events before Roland Garros. If they meet one of those spots, you could see them, especially, I, I think it would be better if it were best of three because I think, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes. Best of five against meds is t- tough right now. I don't have any futures alive on the men's side right now. I'm tempted to take a Medvedev one just to cheer for him, or at least just bet it twice and roll it over. I do hope I'm with Kelly. I hope it's Novak. Um, again, I don't have financial stake in that, but as far as a tennis fan and if I wanted to watch it, and again, like Kelly said, it's stupid. Like it's a stupid fucking point you're making, Kelly, but I get it. It's so dumb, but it, but it I get is, it yeah. and it makes sense. And, and I agree with your stupid point. Like it is different. You, if you slay a giant, when you take someone down, it's like, it's like an asterisk on a, Oh, you know, the, the good team from the other league didn't win. You beat some weird upstart in a world series or a super bowl. You didn't have to face, you know, the chiefs at their high end or like the, uh, a team wins and maybe one of their starting pitchers or a, a quarterback is out for the big game and you beat a team when they're not at full strength. Like there is that little asterisk on there. And yeah, I don't, we'll get to Karatsev here and, uh, I don't think he can upset it, but fuck, I, I didn't think he'd win the last three matches. So hmm. God knows what's going to happen. I let's do a little. Let's do a little autopsy on uh, Nadal Sissipas. Well, unless well, you have we'll a, you have, you have a report. for a second, and uh, I, I want to just touch on Rublev. You mentioned um, him beating Medvedev on clay, and you mentioned Madrid. If they were to meet in Madrid, that would be the spot. Um, it's elevated. And Rublev's serve would play up much better there. Um, I don't know if anyone else noticed, but Medvedev is fucking jacked. His yeah. arms are huge. He has put it like he's they got him on that Russian movie. shit. Yeah, he's on. Give me a couple years. They got all these guys on that shit. Yeah. The, the, the pandemic was good for them. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. He's huge. Like yeah. he's got I, huge guns. Um, I'm just picturing that scene in Rocky Four. Yeah. Where they're training and and Drago's like punching the thing and it goes up to two thousand pounds and yeah. they're injecting him and he's sprinting and then Rocky's like running in the snow. That's definitely Rublev. I tweeted out in the second set exactly what you were talking about, Whale. That um, it was it was like um, I compared it to um, Ali and Foreman. Like Rublev was throwing everything at him, six thousand miles an hour, and. Medvedev just kept getting it back, kept getting it back, and he eventually wore him out. Like, he legit cramped up. And it was exactly that strategy, just rope-a-dope. Just let him keep coming at me, and I'll wear him out. Um, Hmm. Rublev changes his thinking and looks at a different method. I don't think he can beat him unless it's in a place like Madrid where he's a little better on clay and he can serve his way through Medvedev. Hmm. Um, I think that with the Slay the Dragon thing, I I would just mention the fact that – because I've find any reason to bring up Vavrinka, but he uh that's why he's so venerated that's why people love him so much because in each of his three slams that he won he beat Djokovic like yeah convincingly took out the best best guy in the tournament every time so yeah um did he ever beat Nadal at at RG I don't think he did no no 
No. So, yeah. Yeah, but the U.S. Open win he had over over Djokovic was freaking awesome. Uh, speaking of slaying the dragon, multiple great segue. Speaking of slaying the dragon, great segue. Young okay, Stefanos Sissipas, the Mimbo the Mimbo on tour, uh, slayed the dragon last night, beating Nadal. He yeah. struggled against Nadal every time he faced him. To till until two until two, what two and change sets last night, and then all of a sudden the switch flipped. Oh, two point nine sets. Yeah. Okay. And the so, tiebreaker. Yeah, still the tiebreaker. And honestly, freaking Nadal hits some of those overheads. Freaking Nadal makes that you know a couple of those forehand passes, which he he makes in his sleep. It's a three nothing slam, and you know we can talk you know wax poetic about will uh, you know will Sissipas ever break through against Nadal because he's in his head, right? Yeah. Well, didn't work out that way, and a lot of it, in my opinion, was the conditions changed a bit. Um, you know, it got cooler uh, for sure, which took a little bit of the pop off Nadal's ball that e leveled things a little bit. Obviously, once his boss had a set under his belt, he played a lot more comfortably. His serve was, uh, you know, was quite devastating in the in the, that fourth set and most of the fifth set. Um, and he kept his composure, uh, you know, with the you know serving to win the match in the in in uh, in the fifth. And credit to him, I didn't think it was possible. I didn't expect him to get that upset. Um, his game reminds me so freaking much of Roger Federer. It is yeah. crazy. And I know that he fashions himself in that mold as well. And he's playing into that. And that's making it all the more likely. Um, do we, does, if, if we handicap this Sisipas Medvedev um, semifinal as Joker light versus Federer light on insanely fast hard courts. Who has the edge? Is it Medvedev? I took Medvedev. <laughs> Minus four games. Um, Minus four was the line. Oh, ooh, yeah. wow. And I, I think ooh. that your comparison is super apt. Um, Sitsipas is a massive serve first guy. Um, he's holding serve um, the most in the tournament. He's 95% right now. Uh, I wrote about that this morning. Um, he's only been broken four times in the whole tournament, which is incredible. Uh, 95% is crazy. And, but he also is, I write about this all the time as well. The guy in the top 10 who breaks serve the least, he struggles to even maintain a 20% break percentage. He, uh, he just doesn't get through serve very often, which is why I was surprised he beat, um, Nadal. And I guess it's, it's not surprising. It took a tie break to do it, um, to, to break through. I think that, uh, Medvedev is the guy who breaks serve the most. Um, he's trailing Karatsev, who's just having a like, – we'll get to him, I guess. But uh, Medvedev's breaking serve almost 40% of the time, uh, 39, which is crazy on a hard court. Um, that's Djokovic in his peak kind of numbers, which is why I think he'll beat Tsitsipas, um, just the way Djokovic always beats Federer. It's because he can eventually break the serve down. Your serve has to be so perfect all the time. Um, Tsitsipas has like – he's in double digits for double faults. He's – 15-ish already. If you double fault against Medvedev, he'll own you. You can't give away three points. Hmm. Okay. Okay. This, th yeah, that, I, th this I think we're going to get the final. I think we're getting that, the final we want. Yes. You think? I, I think, I think at least four. And I think it's a coin flip. I really don't know who emerges here between oh, these two. So then you're all over Sitsipas with line value then because – Yeah, it, you, should, you should take the dog then. Like minus – he's like minus no, – I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over. Okay. No. I think meds and I'm going med in four joker in like the, what would they call him? Comrade Cinderella. 
I think clock strikes zero on Karatsev. Are you oh, not? We, we didn't even bring up the funniest part about the Medvedev Sissipas, which is this is you know bullshit Russian uh, yeah. beef. These guys have beef, like legit they beef. Have beef. Yeah. We also have a six to one head, like six to one head to head. So he's, he got beef, feed a pork chop. Yeah. <laughs> Are you not worried about the letdown factor, uh, Whale? Like, uh, I would be, but. Um, Last the uh, two was it two years ago? Sissipas beat Federer and then came out the next and went toe to toe with uh, Ro mm. Roberto Bautista Agu and beat him. I hate that match, but yeah, too stupid, too, too stupid, stupid to know he should too, be. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's he's, exactly he's, right. He's the, yeah, he's that kid who just he's too stupid to know he's tired. He's too stupid to know he's hurt. He's too stupid to know he's beaten. And he's yeah. not stupid. He's a smart person. He just he's an airhead. He, he he has that airhead mentality where he yeah. he's, he's a mimbo, just living. Right. He's living in the moment. Like he, yep. he has a short memory and he just, I mean, obviously we've seen that you gave him an opening and he, he took care of business and yeah. sets, okay. sets four and five last night. Hopefully okay, let's move on. Let's move on to Karatsev <clears throat> and let's set this table appropriately. Karatsev is a dirty cheater, period, <laughs> period. And I, you know, in, in, in seriousness, um, I mean, Karatsev, there's kind of proof. Yeah, Karatsev has had a very spotty past, very spotty, very credible allegations of match fixing in his back yeah. in his background. Yeah. Not the first time, by the way, that uh, we've had a match fixer extraordinaire make a slam semifinal against I, I think, did he beat him to get there though? He beat, oh, did he, he beat him he, to oh, get yeah, to yeah, the semi? Always, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but regardless, like. Kind of weird, <laughs> kind of weird that we've had two, you know, like you know, guys that were for sure engaged in illegal bullshit, you know, tarnishing the sport, uh, have these amazing yeah. runs. Now, is the aftermath of this Karatsev run? Chung? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chung was That's a it. hero for the sport. He would did not tarnish the sport. Our South Korean hero. Um, but no, more likely that Karatsev flames out against Djokovic and has a sort of a Chechenado, uh, you know, just pathetic, you know, fade into obscurity? Or uh, does he have put together a pretty impressive 2021 season after this showing, in your opinion, Kelly? I So I think maybe this is pie in the sky, but I'll give you my reasoning for it. I don't think he's going to go away like Chechenado. Um, I think that this is a great example of the way tennis and baseball are similar um, in baseball. You have a ton of pitchers who have a no hitter out of nowhere. There's like 250 no hitters in the history of baseball. And a ton of them are by guys who are one hit wonders. They're guys with a five ERA right. from the career. And they Dallas have Braden. Yeah. Dallas Braden. Perfect. They have that one special day where they have, they have their everything and it works because they have it in them. Mother's day. Yeah. Sure. They make the majors. They're that good. I think there's so many tennis players out there who get a niggling injury, get a, you know, whatever happens in their personal life that doesn't, they never get to their peak mm -hmm. and then something happens and they can enjoy that peak. And this is what we're experiencing with Kratzev. For whatever reason, he wanted to throw away five years of his life fixing matches. You don't know what was going on in his personal life that required that there's Cuban baseball players that give away tens of millions of dollars to get out of Cuba and spend their like, uh, I don't know, five, 10 years paying that off. Right. Sure. We don't hear sure. about that kind of stuff. It's all under the carpet, under the rug. Um, so maybe that's all out of the way now and he can keep going. I think the difference between him and Chechen Auto, just on the face of talent, is that he's doing this on a hard court. 
Sure. You go back and look at last year when he really broke out after the pandemic. And maybe the pandemic is something that told him, hey, stop fucking around. It's time to get to work. Um, but anyway, when he broke out last fall and late last summer, it was all on clay challengers. Right. That's when he made his run. He won three in a row uh, all throughout the Czech Republic and Italy and stuff. And it was all on clay. And now he's doing it on hardcore. Chechen Auto, if you look it up, his career hardcore record is like his winning percentage is like 18%. 18. Like he is really bad on a hard court. Karatsev now has two guns to go to work with. Um, the majority of the tour is obviously the vast majority of the tour is clay and hard courts, right? If he stays away from indoor hards and he stays away from grass, go play challenger events on clay during those weeks. And like, he's going to be able to get into all kinds of tour events now, just like tennis Angren did, right? Like you sure. artificially bump your ranking for the next two years, basically. And like tennis Angren still floating on ranking points from two great Aussie open runs. Oh, he took uh, a hit this year though. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, Karatsev is going to have 18 Stupid hard quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I think Karatsev sticks around for a while. I really do. Okay. Talk to me though about his run here because yeah. any of these wins, actually that impressive i mean well, faa kind of Gregor got hurt I, I don't know if any of these yeah. are really that noteworthy he, he beats up on um gianluca mag maher in the uh, like in the Mag. first round yeah. garrisonov 606160 like yeah garris yeah, he's he's okay fine he beats up on diego sebastian short he beats on beats up hey, on, on, hey, Mouse hey. on the fastest court mighty mouse will play on all season like dss dss is quietly becoming a hardcore player i mean it, and mm. you do have a point like these are not he didn't beat anyone high end yet yeah Gregor was carrying an injury there and you know they're not like super impressive wins but you're still winning three sets off of top top 100 players. Like it's it's a more impressive than anything he's done to date. So I mean, you still have to give him some props for this. He likely just gets waxed tonight. Yeah, he might yeah. not even cover the eight. They're giving him eight on the handicap. It, it could be it could be a, a case where he does just get waxed by Novak and. We and then we have to wait and see. Like I, I don't even know how the skin. We'll get to this with Kelly. We've talked about this. We're gonna get to this. I don't even know what the tennis schedule looks like. This. I was about to say. You know, the sun. We'll see him at the Sunshine Double. Like when are they even playing those? Uh, Indian Wells looks like September. Yeah. yeah so I don't even know. Like, are we going to clay next, or are there are there some hardcore coming up? Yeah, I guess uh, before moving off of this match and that matchup specifically, what are we pairing Djokovic 3-0 with? Like, what's the good parlay leg for that? So I took Central Florida. <laughs> I just took that straight up. Djokovic okay. minus 50 for 3-0. But I also okay. took Karatsev to cover plus eight. I think that um, he will keep it close. He's going to lose in straights. That's my guess. But I think he does keep it close. Just like some stats he has, I know is maybe his quality of opposition has not been that great. He's breaking serve 42% of the time. Almost every other return game, he breaks serve. That's incredible. Now, Djokovic is serving far beyond his norms. He's acing people at an unheard of rate for his career. So maybe he just wipes the floor with Karatsev. But my guess is Karatsev gets through his serve a couple times. Um, I could see him losing like 6-3, 6-3, 6-4. Okay. 
right, all right. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm, I can get plus one forty seven. Put pairing uh, Djokovic minus two and a half with um, Jen Brady money line. Um, I like Jen Brady a lot tonight. Uh, Muchova really was the beneficiary Muhova. of a true. Mu- is it really Muhova? Well, I asked this question it. in our chat. Because it was four different pronunciations of her name. The the, the announcers, yeah, the announcers are they they said it four different ways. Yeah, but I heard someone who actually I think knows who she is say Muhova. 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 I think it's Muhova. Well, Muhova. Muhova. Commercial guy used that that version of it. I thought he was the worst one, but I guess he's right. Muhova was the beneficiary of just a spectacular meltdown by Mm -hmm. Ash Barty 24 hours ago. Um, And she, she, Muhova was not handling the heat especially well in that match. And I think Jen Brady, uh, you know, she can get more free points on her serve. I think she handles Muhova pretty comfortably in the first of the two semifinals. The other one is interesting. Well, can I ask a question? Kelly? Yeah, good. 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 Raise your hand, though. Yeah. Jen Brady. Uh, Jen Brady, yeah. So just as, as a general tennis betting question, um, you have an outright on her or you just had second quarter? I had second quarter plus 650, so I'm, I'm, I'm home. You're out. Okay. I'm home. I was just asking maybe about the idea of doubling down on your outright pick. Like I have like, sure. tried to stay away I, that's, from that. Ever. This is that's, a good question for it because I have, I have some 7-1 Osaka against Serena mm-hmm. and I have a okay. little bit of an edge on Osaka. Given the money line, but I'm not going to double down because I'm no, a little nervous. Uh, Noopsy has like 25 and 35 to one or something like that on yeah. Brady, yeah. and he's just he, he's just he like, got 40 to one. I thought at one four, maybe it's like 25 and 40 something he like 40, he has I'm two sure. he has two different outrights on her at different prices, and he he said this morning he's like, you know, I believe she wins, but I have these outrights. There's no you know he's like, no but on, on the other side he's like, I would you know. The, the answer to this question is if you have an outright and you believe they have an edge, the answer is, well, just don't hedge. You don't, yeah. hedge, don't, right. don't, don't even think about hedging it. Then the last, last night is a great, another great example. I had Rublev to be eliminated in the fourth round. I had Medvedev, Med, Medvedev to win the quarter, both at better prices than I could have bet Medvedev in that game and that match. But I was literally like, there's an edge here. Like the market was way hot on Rublev. I would have made that price like plus 300 ish. And it was what plus two, it closed like around, I think I saw it as low as plus 180 at one point. I was going to say um, plus 190 right before the match. Yeah. So, yeah, but I didn't swing on it and I should have. And that would have made my whole freaking, that one match would have made my whole, my whole tournament. Yeah. But, the but, but that's fine. Getting on me, uh, has always been getting on me about this. Just bet your edges all the time. And like, <laughs> yeah. I see an edge on Medvedev tonight and I like, I dithered about it all morning. Right. Like I was at my job, do my work. And I'm just like, do I do it? Do I not do it? Because I have an outright on him, and I potentially, you know, go and two tonight, lose the outright, lose the bet. Yeah. But fuck it. I'm, I just, I bet it. That's, okay. And that's where lo- the loss aversion. I mean, it's a, it's a, you don't believe in cognitive biases. I know you've mentioned that, but like the, the loss aversion, <laughs> like you're, you're, you're more worried about losing twice than yeah. you are about, taking advantage of a mathematical edge that a tennis model that you've proven is successful over multiple years is telling you, oh, semi-successful. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it had a shitty summer. All right. It's, it's very strong. Yes. Very strong. Yeah. So I, um, yeah. And it's really when, when it comes down to, and just, you know, for the listeners and everybody has their own, and we will do a podcast. I've, I've gotten like three questions in the last couple of days in the DMs about staking, about bankroll management. We will definitely get to an evergreen podcast about that. I've written down and I've told those people, I've written down those uh, ideas and we'll get to them. But it does come down to your risk tolerance too. Yeah. Like some people just 
don't want to be outlaying that much on one match. Some people just aren't comfortable with that, and that's fine. Like yeah. you, you know, I say play every edge, and that's that's something. You know, some people say you should go full Kelly and not like you know not full Kelly doesn't mean looking like that. You know, the <laughs> Kelly criterion <laughs> betting as much as you think your edge is worth according to some math. Like you, you don't have to do that. Like find your risk tolerance and do what you want to do with it. But uh, in Kelly's case, I am going to call him a pussy. <laughs> okay. But back to the uh, the other match tonight, the other semifinal. Um, we have Osaka versus Serena. Uh, going back in time, uh, I used to do tennis preview videos for SBR. Um, it was very gorilla style on my phone with my sunglasses on outside all the time just because I love talking tennis and I wanted to get the reps. Um, and, you know, we'd have like thousand people would watch you know these are up on youtube maybe maybe two thousand people would watch total you know if it was a really good one and then the serena osaka u.s open final rolls around and i was on heater at that time i was seeing the board so well i was hitting correct scores nadal versus del patro and and you know osaka and uh and and serena calling their path you know correctly before the the tournament and all that and and it got to the final and i think i went on 30 minutes about osaka has no chance she, she she may eventually beat Serena one day, but she's not going to beat her role model in her first ever Grand Slam final. This is ridiculous. She has no hope. She has no chance. But there was someone out there that believed in her. <laughs> <laughs> and that someone was, was our guest, Kelly. And, and I told that really told that story just to be like um, the most watched content that I've ever done in my life was that YouTube video. 100,000 people watched and there are 200 comments of who is this idiot doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about Naomi Osaka Naomi Osaka queen emoji just you know comment comments after comment after comment, after comment after comment hysterical and uh, 100,000 people watched me be dead wrong about that final That's well rough. our guest Kelly was dead right and <laughs> you were that you was this position you didn't hedge at all right you were like no osaka is winning this and you yeah. felt very strong how do you handicap this match uh, i'm a like osaka truther like i'm ah. I've been, uh, well the reason i made that bet she won indian wells um that year and yep. i didn't know who she was at that time i have like followed women's tennis since the like unfortunately since the eighties, because I'm now Steffi old. Graf and, yeah. and Monica yeah. Zell's time. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. exactly. Um, so, uh, Roger Sanchez Vicario, like that's uh, way back. Um, but anyway, the point was, uh, I didn't fall. I stopped following it in the like, um, early teens because I tried betting on it and I, I suck at betting. Like if you think I'm bad at betting on men's tennis, I lost boatloads of money betting on women's tennis. So, I tried to steer my focus towards just one of them, see if it would help me be better at it. I still mm -hmm. watch a lot of the top tens and the ends of tournaments, but I definitely don't know like the 50 to 100 ranked players. I didn't know who she was during that Indian Wells run. And the people in our chat were like, no, no, she's she's coming through. Like she's going to be good. So I bet that right after the Indian Wells um, tournament and just watched her all summer, watched her play the U.S. Open and was like, nah, she's – She's like Serena Jr. Like she just is she's a tank. So yeah. um I love it. 
Uh, I think she is. Uh, I don't know right. how you can bet on her now. She's the value fucked <laughs> out of her on outrights a lot. Um, you probably do it live, right? Yeah, yeah. If she ever gets down in a first set, gets down a break, you bet on her all the time. Yeah, yeah. I made three bets on this final uh, semifinal already. Yeah. <laughs> you did? Yes. <laughs> what? I do. Where are you at on this? Because you you did say this, and it is he. She is Serena Light. Yeah, or Serena Heavy. Honestly, she's she's built like a tank. Like she she yes. can. The she's the off. heir apparent. Yeah, she's the heir apparent. I do believe she's better. I think she wins this, but we are looking at a match, and I don't want to say bad things about the fairer sex because there are plenty of men who will get down a set and a break and just mail it in, yeah, and often lose another break and lose a second set badly. But it happens. Women's tennis, there are a lot of these where, especially in a high leverage situation where she's crying on the changeover and we're having <laughs> issues with. The emotions sure. and and they're or just wanna... internally spiraling like Barty last yeah. night, <laughs> like yeah, just spiraling out of control. Neither of these women will ever do that. So I, like, I agree with that. They well, have they have composure. One of them uh, won't. Osaka is still young. Well, not till after the tournament. Till yeah. after after Serena loses it on a on a line judge, but mm-hmm. Osaka during play, she has a short memory. Yeah. She's She's very unflappable, and both of these women are very unflappable. Yeah. So I bet over twenty-two. I bet for over two and a half sets at like plus one thirty, like and that. I bet Osaka exact score two, two one. to one at about mm. three to one for a price there. So yeah, I'm just I'm hoping for a good match. I'm hoping for three sets. Obviously, if we get to three sets and don't cash the twenty-two, I'm gonna be, if it if it's. Serena in three sets in like 21 games or something ridiculous. I'd be kind of pissed, but at least I'll have my, at least I'll have my uh, over three or over two. I would say that um, I, I got, obviously we'll be cheering for Osaka. I don't have any money invested in this match, Um, but uh, if she goes down early, I'll better. I think that Wales, right. Osaka is unflappable um, for the most part. Um, Serena though, I believe, and I've been, spouting this off in various DM groups for a long time. Um, ever since she uh, didn't succeed in 2015 at the U S open when she was going for the calendar slam. Yeah. Uh, she's never been the same uh, regardless of, you know, kid, no kid uh, that U S open cracked her. She lost to like Flavia Panetta, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> brutal, brutal loss. And she's never been the same. She's lost all kinds of finals that she should have won, all kinds of semifinals that she should have won. Oh, yeah. Um, if she and wins, some of them non competitive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just blown out of the water. Um, she gets flapped by easy, like she gets just thrown off her game by the easiest of things. The Osaka final in 2008 is a great example. She blew that way out of proportion, possibly tarnished, like part of her legacy. Um, Very tarnished. Yeah, it's horrible. I'm taking, uh, I don't consider it having 23 slams anymore. <laughs> she's way too. Minus one for that. (laughs) I wouldn't mind if she wins tonight. Like it won't break my heart. Like I'd love to see the Ascension of Osaka. Just take all the titles. That's great. But I'm enough of a believer in the fact that Serena was the best player or, you know, maybe is the best player of all time. Just go get your 24 and be done. Did you, did you see those pictures? Someone had a picture of her again. This is, this sounds weird, but someone had a profile of her and like her, her gullet or whatever, her chin, Mm -hmm. And like how heavy she was still after, you know, this is something that's completely different from the men's game. Yeah. She had a goddamn child. 
Yeah. Like she, and not only that, but she, you know, you think about anyone, you know, who have a child, who has a child and Kelly, I know you have some kids and we all know some, we all know some people who've had some babies. There's a recovery time. She had a C-section. So you split her abs wide open. There was a lottery, you know, that's a big recovery for anybody, much less someone who needs to play, you know, world-class athlete kind of shit. So it, it took, obviously it took a little while to get back. But then, you know, comparing even when she was back and she was healthy, she'd recovered from the birth, she was playing, like she looks way more in shape now than she did then. Like she she has come a long ways. And I, I do think the way we've seen her play in this tournament is indicative of like she wants one more. She wants at least one more. Well, like it was me that posted those pictures of her chin. <laughs> because I didn't want to out you. I took well, I don't care. I took the picture from her at Wimbledon when she lost to Halep, and the picture of her um, in the whoever she played in the last round in the fourth round. Um, yeah. It's stark the difference in her her neck, her arms. She also played Halep in the last round, yeah. Oh, so maybe that's why I thought of it. Okay, that's what it was. So okay. she played Halep at Wimbledon, and here, and her body type is totally different. She is definitively in better shape now than maybe she's been in two, three, four years. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if she beats Osaka and I, all the power to her, go beat Jim Brady in the final, get your 24th and right off into parenthood because it's could be Osaka's tour moving forward. Um, I'm fine with that. Like let's get Sophia Kennan winning some more. Let's get Sabalenka one eventually like next generation in the WTA too. Totally fine with that. Uh, Serena's not winning enough free points. Her first yeah. serve is garbage right now. And that's going to be her undoing in this match. That's why Osaka's is the right side, in my opinion. Um, and Osaka... I, and, and I, and I, do, I have know, an Osaka future as well, so... To, yeah, to, again, to go I'll back to Kelly's... To go back to Kelly's narrative nonsense, which actually is true. Like, you believe in Osaka's ability to, yeah. to find God mode level in a slam because... She won her first ever final against her freaking hero, 23-time slam winner. She slayed the dragon the first time, and yeah. that is rare. And then from that to come back at the Australian Open and back it up with another consecutive slam mm -hmm. as a young woman, like that is awesome. And honestly, part of the issue with Serena, the reason she's not winning as many titles, the reason she's not as uh, a, you know, a clear favorite at these slams, the field is better. The women's field has gotten it a has gotten lot good. better. And yeah. in fact, in the same breath, you can credit Naomi Osaka for being absolutely now the heir apparent on tour, the bat by far the best hardcore player among the women. Uh, you know, she's she's gonna be priced in the 200, 400 range pre pre-tournament in the next handful of hardcore slams, is my guess. Um, but Iga Svantec at the French Open and her absolute dominance was equally impressive. And I think you probably are talking about these two women as your top two tennis players, maybe trading titles, you know, two and two a year sort of thing, yeah. uh, you know, for the foreseeable future, because they, you know, they were able to win in such impressive fashion over stacked fields and in ways that, you know, really portend lots of future success, I think. Um, are you, know? you taking offense to the fact that he's not even mentioning your Canadian? And I know she's, She's oh had a, she's had a rough go of coming back and uh, is she the third is she is this a three is this a three person yeah you know, I, was, I mean I guess I guess is the future of women's tennis three. yeah three is three there, there are three yeah is there a grass person though is there someone that can win Wimbledon on the regular on the female tour I don't think so no I'm giving this I'm giving this one 
to Azarenka. Throwback. Ooh. She's doing it for Leo. Throwback. She doesn't have it anymore. No. no you're right. Um, um I, I mean, Kenan Hardy on grass. Well on grass. Hardy on grass Hardy might, Kenan. Be, might be might be good. Yeah. Kenan, I, I don't know. I don't think Svitolina's ever getting across the line. And I don't know if Kenan's ever getting back either. She was the benefit in hindsight, she was the beneficiary of a pretty fortunate draw last year, and she's played well below the that quality sense. Yeah. So will Kenan turn into um Sloan Stevens, who lost to somebody this week I've never heard of? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. To be fair, it's women's tennis. <laughs> 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 a lot of people. Yeah, get right. what, how did? How did? And that's a good point. You talk about Osaka and what she did after her first slam win, and then compare it to what Sloan did in her victory lap, where it was like, oh, compared to almost anybody else, like, yeah, we're just you're just gonna be bad now. Like that's no fun. Yeah. I, I do, you know, I, I I cheer for American tennis. I cheer for. You know, uh, uh, young tennis players, and the same as on the men's side. Like, I like to see I, on the men's side, it's not like I have any men's American tennis players to really cheer for on the high end, but you know, I, I do cheer for the young guns and I cheer for some of these people. And that was, yeah, that was disappointing by her to just mm-hmm. like flame out like that because it yeah. felt like, oh shit, we got another one. This is gonna be yeah, good. Keys never got across the line. She looks like she's faded out of contention. It's it's a pretty quick turnaround for some of these women, which is wild. But I think uh, Brady continues to ascend. She's a top ten player. So about Collins. I think she we've seen her best, in my opinion. Ris- risky. Mm. I don't know if she has the top. I don't know if she has a, a, a sixth gear that she needs to get. Are some you of paying the, attention uh, to this WTA two fifty? Like if Collins and um and Bianca both win tonight, you get a hell of a final tomorrow. Yeah. No, Bianca help. needs to get a couple more matches under, get her legs under her, because we need her in kind of inform for uh, some and, of the better tennis later this season. And we, of, we still have we yeah. still have like a sixteen year old out there as well who has a lot of tennis in front of her. Uh, which one? How, however old, um, what's her Coco Goff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. She's got yeah, huge she, potential. She, she, she's got a lot about, of time to get it figured out yet. Yeah. I worry about people that break out that early, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like you. You you peaked in high school, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so speaking of the rest of the season, uh, it's a little uncertain how this is going to unfold. In fact, I was kind of yeah. shocked that, that I heard that Montpellier starts next week. So they're really going to do this indoor hardcore swing through Europe. Uh, the golden swing in South America is on. Apparently, doing the whole nine yards, man. They're doing the whole nine yards. So it's basically, little... they just they've just shifted the tennis calendar back to whatever right. happens after the Aussie Open is is now happening uh, in Mar- in February and March. Yeah, as far as we know, we just have every tournament in Florida. They don't give a shit down there right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little different. They're still doing the golden swing. They chopped off one of the legs. Um, they got rid of uh, shit. I don't know which one they got rid of, but they have Cordoba starts next week. They're doing Rio. They're doing Santiago. So whichever one. Buenos Aires. Yeah, Buenos Aires is out. But the other three are still on. Um, so doing the Golden Swing. They're doing the indoor hardcourt swing. Uh, Montpellier, Marseille, and I forget the third one. Um, Rotterdam, the big oh, boy. Rotterdam. Yep. And then they've so the way they have changed it is they've added. Um, a tournament in Singapore next week, which is shit show. Yeah. <laughs> so the 250 event, it's being held uh, where the women's uh, finals used to be held okay. at Singapore um, indoor venue. And currently, right now, I don't know if people won't remember this, but I wrote about a tournament in Poon last year, <laughs> uh, India, 
was before the uh, before the pandemic happened, and the highest seed that attended was Benoit Perry. It was like 47th in the world. Sure. And the draw was filled with guys that wouldn't even make like a challenger draw. And the Singapore event right now only has eight participants in the top hundred. Oh my god! So you have to fill out twenty-eight people, and the only eight are in the top hundred. You're gonna have guys that like I've tweeted this out before. I'm really comfortable with the top hundred. I'm pretty familiar with like one hundred to three hundred. You get beyond <laughs> the top three hundred, and I mean, I got a full time job. I got. <laughs> I don't know all those guys. Are these real people reminds, are made up names. <laughs> what, what is the Moroccan tournament? It reminds me of that. Yeah, Marrakesh. Oh, Marrakesh, yeah. yeah. Marrakesh. <laughs> or not only, like, I remember we were doing previews for that back then. And even in the tennis chat, we were joking about, like, every tournament has, you know, you have some bag people where it's like, all right, this just guys getting paid to come here. You have yeah. some middle of the road guys where it's like, all right, they need the points. They need the money. You have some younger guys trying to make a name and make a run in a smaller tournament. And then they throw in these wild cards and it's always a couple local guys. And these <laughs> two Moroccan guys were ranked like a oh thousand. <laughs> and I think they both won their first matches or something stupid. Yeah, one of them beat like, Dimitrov, and we found massive. out after the match, Dimitrov had a paid engagement in Monaco like that night. And so he was like, obviously, he was going to freaking lose. Like, he tanked. He was plus five, you know, plus a thousand, you know, for oh, this yeah. Moroccan you know, kid. The one underdog, the, the, the guy that I still I couldn't tell you his name right now. I'd have to go look up either of these men. That's the other uh, that lost was Paul Kohlschreiber. And he Kohlschreiber, also yeah. was in a tournament the next yeah. week. In Germany, was like I got to get back to Germany. I go home, yeah. yeah, and if yeah, if this last hour hasn't gotten you excited to bet tennis, like I'm sure <laughs> talking yeah. about shit like that happening, like yeah, in, in what in what other sport would be like? Oh man, boy, the the Packers played bad today, and then it oh, it was like oh, Rogers had a he had a you know a yeah. ball. He had to, to film a he, he had to he had to film a a double check commercial. <laughs> yeah, a, he was a in a movie. Double yeah, check he, had, he had to hit a State Farm commercial. He had to get to uh, no, okay, so. Real quick, um, speaking of Morocco and yep. you know the the Monte Carlo, uh, which is the first of that's the first of the Euro clay swing, mm -hmm. still on normal time, like yeah. end of end of, end of April. We're going to Europe. Yeah, so like they're gonna yes. do, they're gonna do the the Golden Swing. They're gonna do the European Indoor uh, Swing. They're gonna do Acapulco in Dubai before. Oh the yes, and then yes. the. Uh, so Indian Wells is out, but they're still going to close March with Miami, which is really? when that usually happens. And okay. then you start April with the run-up to Roland Garros, and all that stuff is still on. Like Monte Carlo, Barcelona, Munich, Rome, uh, Madrid, all still awesome. on. Awesome. Um, I think the only change is they canceled Houston, which is the American clay that event that happens. Yeah, that always awful. Yeah, the, the one that go. just gets rained out after the brown, The brown clay. Steve Johnson wins it, and it's <laughs> terrible. They canceled that, and they threw a tournament into Marbella, Spain. Interesting. So I think the I'm whole assuming that's clay. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and the Houston. First off, the Houston Open sucks. Yeah, it needs to get a, <laughs> needs to get a roof. But and and it's also weird when there's always some like really some random player. Like, didn't Nishikori play there because he was coming off an yes. injury? Yes, yeah. he did. It's like what what is what is going on with it? It's like a dumb challenger, and we have a, 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 a hurt always hurt player. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. That's a great. Great recap. Very excited for clay season. Um, 
real quick, what kind of price are we going to see for Nadal at the French Open? And do you think he wins his 33rd title? The, the, I don't know. I made that up. I, I'm assuming he's up to 33 there. Is that, yeah. is that a little overestimated? I, I can't yeah. remember. The plus, plus 120? It'll be plus, it'll be plus money. It'll um, be the two seed because Joker, Joker's not giving up the one forever. I don't think he's going to be the two seed. Nadal? He won't be. If Medvedev wins the Australian Open, he passes Nadal. And if Nadal then does not play because he has no incentive to play the hardcore season, he might show up in Miami because he's contractually obligated to because it's a Masters 1000, but he's not going to play the rest of February or early March. And He likes Acapulco because he gets run for his camp down in mexico sure okay maybe he shows up in acapulco and gets 500 points but if Medvedev does good in miami um he stays ahead in nadal and nadal is in the mode i believe the same as djokovic where they're gonna stop caring about masters 1000 tournaments and they're gonna stop caring about atp 500 tournaments because they except are barcelona. Both, except barcelona <laughs> He has to win those three events every year. Um, that's it. His yeah, name's that's on the damn Kenny, court. It's his court. He, he can't <laughs> stop caring about those run-ups to the – he, he has yeah. like four titles between those three tournaments. Yeah. yeah. He's got over 10 in all three. Um, maybe over 11 now, right? Double down. Yeah, yeah. 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 Except uh, for Madrid. But I think he'll, he'll pull back on those events because they care about the number 20. And Nadal's only chance – it was proven last night – the only chance he has is to keep winning Roland Garros every year until he basically is in a wheelchair. So I think he'll put everything into to winning Roland Garros. Keep making uh, the you know, Flushing Meadows slower and slower. Yeah, he's not going to do it. He's too wore out by then. He's got two gifted U.S. Opens in 2017 and 2019. If he gets another one, I might stop watching tennis. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a no off fan. I understand. Okay. It's okay. unbelievable how he was gifted to okay. So you're on record. What what Andy, make some odds for me between me, me and Kelly. We'll make a friendly bet <clears throat> that Nadal only ever wins more French Open. So basically, uh, you know, he, he is you know, the the prop is wins a non-French Open slam, yes, no. What are the what is the oh, price? A non-French and, Open slam? I yeah. thought you were talking, I thought you were gonna throw in like Madrid Barcelona shit. I'm like, he's winning no, no, one no, of those. No, no. no, so and him him to so I, I fully don't understand the bet. What if he doesn't for win the rest anything? of his career? Then then Kelly wins. It's no. Yeah. Okay. So wins. So either wins only French Opens. Yeah. Or wins or not yeah, again or nothing. This is like he, a three way bet. He's he's never he's he he, he, he no no it's only two ways. He either yeah. he either uh yeah <clears throat> he wins an Australian Open a Wimbledon or a U.S. Open again in his career or he does not. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the, I'm gonna put the no on winning those three pretty high. Like only only French Open if so if he wins another slam, it's only French Opens minus five hundred. Okay. All right. I will. So what am I getting? Plus five hundred. Let's do a big free. <clears throat> so I'll, I'll play. Um, oh, that was kind of presumptive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna get five to one. I'm gonna put. I'll put like ten. What ten cases of Pepsi? On this cases of Pepsi, I could use some <laughs> ship him and ship him Coke if you lose, just to <laughs> so you can throw it away. 
Yeah, I don't want the Pepsi. I'll, we'll I we'll figure out it. some other sticks. But we'll figure out some other sticks. Okay, five, five to one. We'll let you marinate that. We'll make a side bet, uh, you know, in in a, in a friendly manner. You're a um, wine drinker. I'll get you 500 bucks worth of California Napa Valley wine. You get oh, me now we're bucks, talking. 100 bucks worth of I thought you were going to say California Pepsi. Pizza Kitchen. I love this. I love it. Done. Yeah. Done. Five to one for Nadal to ever and win again, another there slam. There should be vague, and I should be collecting it. it for facilitating no. this. Well, yeah, we'll send you some wine. It'll be a, it'll be a Vig's worth. Um, yeah, we'll take a wine, a wine, and a Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> Shot glass, duct tape. Yeah, top, yeah. there you go. There you oh. go. <laughs> I like that. Um, okay, the uh, a couple quick hitters then. Um, if Federer ever win another slam? Yes or no? No. He no. had his chance. <clears throat> wrote about it extensively. He planned the entire 2019 season around winning Wimbledon. He was Didn't up happen. 40 to 15 and he fucking blew it and cost yeah. me 500 bucks. He never still- won another slam. I was standing in front of my TV. I was this close to it. I was sweating and he, oh, it's just unbelievable. He'll never Joker win. was 50 to one live for Novak Djokovic live was 50 to one. That's how improbable that comeback was. That was unbelievable. I muted, I muted the he TV. championship points. I muted the TV. I Lost laid back. Too. I, I looked at my phone and I, I'd had it starred on flash score. I couldn't watch and, and I waited for the, I waited for the signal to come. Never did. Never did. I just wanted to like I literally wrote about it on January 4th. Like the first blog of the year. I was like, listen, Federer's not going to do well at any tournament. Because he's gonna save all his energy. I put this bet in. Here's the ticket. Like I was locked into that. I do just want to write about that. Do you not think that that's part of his plan in the run up to this year's Wimbledon? It doesn't matter. He's 39 years old. It's yeah, the same problem that Djokovic is gonna have tomorrow. You sound like me talking about Tom Brady ever winning another Super Bowl last off season. Hey, Tom Brady's got 53 teammates. Federer. He's also 43 years old. He's 43 years old. He's changing teams. He doesn't get Belichick anymore, and he's going to go win a Super Bowl. Get this out of the, here. This is the best receiving core he's ever had. I'm just saying. By far. This is the most. This is a good. Hey, last time Federer had a good long rest, what happened? He showed up in Australian Open. He was 17 ranked, and he well, fucking won. He won. He's not like 2017, man. Aussie 2017 tournament. Uh, who was, was not in? At Wimbledon 2017. Joker. No uh, Joker. Joke, yeah, no, Joker got popped by Istaman. Yeah, he didn't beat Joker on the way there, but he beat Nadal in a best of five. He beat Nadal. Nadal, Nadal had, was, had owned his soul for like a year and a half. He hadn't beaten Nadal head to head. And he beat him in a best in, in five. He beat him in five in that Kelly, final. Kelly, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. I muted Drew. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I've never, I've never. Djokovic <laughs> won Roland Garros and basically quit playing tennis for eight years. Yeah, that's true. Months. I like that's how hard true. you're pointing at the camera when you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you are listening to this in podcast form, maybe go find this exact moment on the on the YouTube stream. <laughs> Kelly is heated. Okay. I'm not saying that he's going to win, but I'm saying that there are some no, parallels, and we no. shouldn't dismiss it out of hand. If 43 year old Tom Brady can win a Super Bowl, I need to recalibrate what's possible. Yeah, it, I mean if. Because if, if, if you're if, old and you have a lot of money and you have science at your disposal, age, I mean, is, if, age if, is just if, a number. Age if Fed is just can a get that sort of pass rush from him. Should he get whatever Kobe Bryant got injected into his knees in Germany? You don't think he did? He, maybe, yeah. That maybe, like, I just don't see it happening. There's too many more landmines to navigate. Okay. 
It um, is a tougher field. It is a lot tougher. The men's tournament is just it, the quality at the top is a lot higher. It's hard. It but other than Sissipas, I'm not sure if any of these guys have the game for grass. Who can play at the net? Who's got the bomb and serve? Like, I, I, there's not really anybody that stands out to me besides Sissipas. I think Federer can at least he can at least make a he can at least threaten. He can at least give us an entertaining run. He's going to need the seating. He's going to need the draw. They're they're going to you know like what if they give him a, a draw like. Like Barty got, they put all the good players in in Djokovic's quarter. You know, I would make the case, like you know, pie in the sky argument. The next two or three Wimbledon's and Roland Garros's are won by Djokovic and Nadal, and the hardcore slams get split amongst Team Tsitsipas and Medvedev and Rublev and Berrettini. I the, I could see that for 2021, 2022. And so then, you think Wimbledon is Djokovic to lose? Is what yeah, you're what, Wimbledon what was, is Djokovic's yeah, choice. Probably first. What would your price be? Right now, I don't even care what round it is. Let's just say it's quarterfinals or later. I'm assuming it would have to be. It could be quarterfinals because of where Federer's ranking would be. Well, it could be the fourth round. On grass, let's, I mean, let's just say quarterfinals or later on grass. So they've played a few matches. It's we're almost the second week, or we're there on grass in you know the All England Tennis and Croquet Club. Federer and Joker, and Federer has played well up to this point. What are you pricing that match at? Djokovic is like 175. I would say <laughs> minus 140. I, I think like one, minus 140. The betting uh, market, the betting market's coming. 140 would get destroyed. The bet, no, the betting market's coming in for Federer. It always Maybe. does. I'd be on Djokovic. The books would like um, I, I just think that uh, when's the last time Federer beat Djokovic at Wimbledon? 2012? Uh, it's been a while. It's been a real while. Um, I just don't think it's happening. I think Djokovic, because of the um, such a small distribution of grass tournaments, the problem the next gen's going to have is they just don't get the reps to get sure. up to speed on grass. Um, so you're like it used to be the cohorts were all the same: McEnroe and Connors, Lendl and. Um, whoever you want to compare Lendo with, like Edberg maybe, and then Agassi and Sampras, yeah. they're all the same age. So they have the same complement of grass experience. So Wimbledon was able to switch around a bunch. Um, you know, Boris Becker and Lendl, uh, you can throw them together. The The issue that the, the next gen has now is Djokovic has 15 years worth of Wimbledon experience and London All England Club experience, the Queens Club or whatever they play the week before. Um, Federer's got 20 years of experience like Medvedev's played five grass tournaments in his whole life. Like mm. just it, he doesn't have the doesn't have the ex exposure to grass to get through. I think Djokovic has got two or three years worth of lead time to win Wimbledon. And I think they both get beyond 20 and they do it because Nadal keeps winning Roland Garros maybe for two more years before a team can catch him. And Djokovic wins Wimbledon probably for two more years before somebody can catch him. And I like it wouldn't surprise me if neither one of them win a hardcore slam again. I, I would actually, I wouldn't mind this. I, I could live in Kelly's future. Okay, there you go. <clears throat> Writing okay. science fiction over here. Uh, I think this. I think it's going to be exciting. I, I think Sissipas. I think Sissipas gets his first slam at Wimbledon, and I think it happens in the next three years. That's um, okay. Three years from now, yeah. And in fact, once if Sissipas squeaks by Medvedev, and gets 
And no, I don't think he can win this week. But I think he can get some reps uh, against Djokovic and kind of start to figure out what his game is on this type of surface, you know, this type of speed. And that will serve him well when he beats Djokovic in the final this year. Did you hear when the commentators uh, was a female commentator? It wasn't Chris Everett. I don't know who it was. It was an Australian woman. She said that the Rod Laver court is playing faster than Wimbledon center court this year. Wow. Yeah. It's that fast. So um, that's a good like theory, maybe that uh, Sitsipas could. Do you do you think the Roland Garros five set loss um, helps Sitsipas or hurt him against Djokovic? Uh, help, getting help, getting help, to five help, has help, to feel pretty help, good. Help. Like pushing oh, yeah, him, pushing yeah, yeah. him there, that definitely helps him. Oh like, yeah, it, helps it, him. it hurts to lo- to lose, but to take a player of that caliber, I mean, possibly the best ever and if not top five all time, to take yeah. him to five at that yeah. point in your career. Like that, so has you're, to, that has to be a feather in your cap. So yeah. your 2020, your 2020 calendar slam, Kelly looks like Joker Nadal, Joker team. Oh, I'm sorry, Medvedev Nadal Joker. What year are you talking That's about? Right. This year. Right saying, now, we're starting. We're saying, starting with Sunday. Yeah, Medvedev, you're saying Medvedev, Medvedev Nadal, Nadal Joker team. Joker. That's yeah. that's your that's your calendar. Yes, your yeah. calendar year. Bring right, it. Mine, Four different mine, ones. Mine will be Medvedev Nadal, Joker. Schwartzman. <laughs> the breakthrough. <laughs> U.S. Open is wide open. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Honestly, it, is. I, it wouldn't surprise me to see, like, you know, maybe he gets a nice draw. You see Rublev finally get through um, at the U.S. Open. Avoid Medvedev, yeah. Yeah, if he can, if maybe maybe Medvedev is on the opposite side of the draw, he gets taken out. You don't have to face you everybody. You probably have to avoid Medvedev and Djokovic because they have such a similar game. Um but yeah, if he was in the bottom half of the draw and Medvedev and Joker were in the top half and Rublev somehow got Nadal, maybe a tired, yeah. you know, wore out Nadal. Okay. Whew. And then everybody's too tired to fight Mighty Mouse in the I final. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy year stuff's happened, but it's been a really, really, really long time. Um all right, man. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Before we uh ride off into the sunset, uh I guess what is your plan for um, tackling NASCAR this year. Are you going to try to do ch- t- cap two sports at the same time? Wear two hats? On Twitter, that seems like the plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sad. I went seven and one, you know, in head to heads instead of eight and But I could have had a winner outright in, oh, the, in the toughest and the most liquid NASCAR me. market oh, of this I'm season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I, my magic did great tonight. It was. It was heartbreaking, though. Like even to go seven and one in the first rounding race of the year, third. rounding third on the final lap. <laughs> Do you remember, remember it? Did you want me to relive it for you? No, I've rewatched it like I don't know twenty five times. I okay. watched the interview breakdown with Logano. He was went on some Fox TV show and talked to these people about it and broke it down, actually really eloquently. And he was much calmer than I was hmm. um, about it. Okay. <sighs> Anyway, well, I hey, guess- you're going to go forward. You're going to be writing NASCAR articles, playing yeah. most races. I'm probably going to do every race as long as it stays profitable. Um, last, like I went back and diagnosed, obviously, what happened last year. Um, I capped it from the restart in May all the way to the restart of tennis. I was hitting 60. Like you can go look at the spreadsheet; it's public. I, I hit 60. All the plays are public, right? I put everything on Twitter. I hit 61 percent of my out. Uh, 61% of my head to heads. It was mm-hmm. like, it did crazy good. And mm-hmm. then tennis restarted. I did 
two, no, three consecutive weeks of NASCAR and tennis. And I think I went four and 12 in head to heads. All my profit. Um, so it's tough to do two at a time. Yeah. Um, I have the data though. Now, um, the models basically like I tweaked it a little bit. Um, I did learn a few lessons. Uh, so I, I, I think it's a, it's a great learning experience in finding out what data matters and what data doesn't, um, a great learning experience in the idea of public data versus data that maybe isn't available to everybody. Um, so I'm loving enjoying that, uh, going on your podcast and last year and, and talking about NASCAR brought so many people to my DMS with ideas. And, um, you know, it's the one time, like I get a lot of shit on Twitter all the time about like from trolls about how bad I am at, at tennis, but the NASCAR, you kind of lean into it. Those are all my <laughs> <friends>. <laughs> the, uh, the NASCAR people that approached me other than one or two guys that were dicks about it. Um, most of the, like 98% of the people have been super nice about it and have pointed out like, Hey, you should check out this website or you should look up this, that, or, you know, check this, that out and see, you know, if it's any kind of relation to winning races or head to heads, it's been phenomenal. So I have such a checklist now of things I need to work through to see if they work. Um, mm -hmm. cause I can only nice. bat that so much. The real advice to anybody out there is if you're going to do something with a model, do it for a year and don't bet. Just watch paper, paper bet it. I talked yeah. about that with someone earlier. If, if you don't think back testing is enough, paper test forward, just paper bet, you know, by, by paper bet. I mean, just don't you want, bet it. You write down what you're betting what you would be betting instead of pissing money away. If you're not yeah. supremely confident. So I will say, and, and don't, but don't just look at your results. Look at your closing line value. Paper yeah, no, no. And look at, look, yeah, exactly. Look how the market reacted to your plays. Look at opening and closing numbers on the plays yeah. that you made. Look at opening and closing numbers on plays you avoided. Look, you know, really take into account everything. Uh, if you, as you get closer to actually, you know, some people do that or some people just say, well, I'm going to play it really small at first because I, I, I want to actually have skin in the game. It, it feels different. So and Kelly that. did bring up an interesting point. Like, I've never, I have never nobody. successfully paper bet in my life. It's, I cannot I take, I, I can't, can't I can't take a lesson out of it unless I have skin in the game. I have to have skin in the game. Yeah. I, I just make really small bets if I'm testing something. I can't do the, <laughs> yeah, same. Bet. It yeah, just same. doesn't work in my brain. Yeah, yeah. I'll do, I just, don't give, a shit. I just don't give a shit. I just yeah, can't I'll care. some lunch money, but lunch money bets, whatever, but it's gotta yeah. be something. But, and Kelly brought up an interesting point there too, as far as like the people sliding into his DMs and saying, Hey, have you checked this out? Hey, have you checked that out? Like, don't ever feel like you shouldn't do that. Like there's, even if you think somebody is way more advanced than you, I've had some really cool DMs on the same right. Like, hey, check this out or look at this website or I wrote this article. Like there's, the, that's the, you know, you spoke about the trolls and the dicks and the, you know, just the real shitheads of Twitter and the internet in general. But there's some really cool people out there. And that's the fun yeah. part about everything we do is the engagement and meeting some cool people who are doing some of the same stuff as us. And yeah. And who knows? It, it you all know helps. If, if you have good tennis information, if you're handicapping tennis well, slide into the DMs for any one of us. And the next thing you know, you might be in the most elite tennis chat that ever existed that's been going on for Don't just four years. It's a five. very, very five exclusive. Five years. It's a five-year anniversary. That's awesome. Very exclusive. It's, like, it's probably right now because it was right around. No, it, it is. It's like right now. This is oh, when man. I came in five years ago. Like yeah. I, I actually, it was before Indian Wells, but it was after the Aussie. 
Yeah. Yep. I sent some evites out for the anniversary. And then real quick, <laughs> I did forget to mention this because we do have a Canadian. I want a quick opinion on Bill C-218. I did some reading. I was on a podcast this afternoon with a different Canadian. Apologies for cheating on you. But he had <laughs> he admitted to me after the podcast, he had the TV on the whole time on mute with Parliament the parliament channel or whatever the hell you call it. We call that's the Funkadelic, but uh, he had them on and he, you know, he said like I'm paying attention to this closely because this is big. They tried to do. So I read up on this and basically it's a, you know, legalization like we had down here and they tried to do this about 10 years ago almost, but the MLB and NHL were strongly opposed to gambling at that point. It cleared Congress. It didn't make it through the Senate because of some heat from the leagues. Whereas now the NHL has partners in some of these gambling or gambling companies. The same thing going with baseball. That's it's a lot more free flowing down here. Are we are we going to be done with gas station gambling up there? I don't think so. Um... So I will say just to like add to what you're talking about, the original bill was brought forward by a guy named Joe Crow Martin, who was an MP, like a, I don't know what you're, a congressman, what you guys call congressman. Um, and it was unanimous in the House of Representatives or what you would call Congress, went to the Senate. And like you say, all the league presidents, whatever league commissioners came up and spoke in front of the Senate in like 2014, I think. And it's really oh. Gary Bettman's fault. It's hard to explain to a non-Canadian how like intrinsic hockey is to the, the you know Canadian society or whatever, especially the Maple Leafs. And um, you know that's where our government's all centered around Ottawa and Toronto. And they said you know there would be match fixing and Leaf games if you had single sports betting. And so they shut it down. It's taken this long to get it back. There's actually two bills which is why I think it's not going to work. Uh, bill C-218, which is what you just brought up, is a private member's bill uh, brought forward by just a congressman or what we call a member of parliament. There's also Bill C-31, so you can go read oh. about that. Um, that's brought forward by the actual federal government. The reason for the difference is because um, there's horse racing in Canada, and horse racing is federally governed, and Canadian politics is such a shit show that the, the overseeing committee or the whatever you want to call it, the um, people that oversee horse racing is the Agricultural Ministry of Canada. It's so stupid that they've decided the welfare of the horses and the drugs they take to stay healthy have to be administered by people who work for the government in the Ministry of Agriculture. So now they want to protect this industry and these people because they're afraid if you legalize gambling, people stop betting on horses. Why would you like bet on horses if I could bet on the leaf game? So it might be like true. Um, so the federal government every week. has a competing, <laughs> they have a competing bill, uh, bill C 31, which will legalize gambling, but somehow they want to protect paramutual uh, horse racing. Whereas bill C 18 is a private members bill. If you look at the history of government sponsored bills versus private members bills that pass, it's like 60-30. So the chances are the government's going to try harder to get Bill C-31 passed. If we get like fucking government-issued licenses to government casinos, like you're going to have like 125 jig. Easy every time. Like you're never going to have minus 110 or minus 105. 
Um, Canada is so screwed up with the way they control vices. Um, like in Ontario, I don't go to the local convenience store to buy a beer. I have to go to the liquor control board. Like all government owned. Um, you know, socialist to you guys. Well, at um, least at least the sales tax is low, right? baby so no i'm my hopes aren't high even if one of the bills gets passed there's too many hands in the cookie jar um there's too much of uh there's a lot of states like you only have 18 or 20 states right that have passed it so far um i assume ontario and canada at large would be in a similar boat to california where there's just too many needs to be serviced by the billions of dollars of tax revenue. Um, everybody wants their hand in it. There's too many people who want to protect their interests. Um, the proponents of the bills have been comparing us favorably to Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania has like 12 million people, 13 million people. Ontario alone is 13 or 14 million. So very um, on par with the population of Pennsylvania. And we already have a casino entrenchment like Niagara Falls and Windsor and uh, some of the like native reserves around Toronto have like vibrant casinos. So the infrastructure is already there. If we chose to move ahead. Um, the question though, is just how do you distribute the licenses where they're not controlled by the government and you're not paying 125 on a favorite. And yeah. I mean, we see that down here, but it sounds like you, if you guys go through this, you're going to end up with like the States that are letting the lotteries run this and it shits yeah. running wild with, they, they want it. So they want to make sure they're making their nut no matter what. So you're having yeah. huge vague. Yeah. I guess I hope your bills fail. They probably will. Um, you're like, we're the governments are used to their, their parlay cards. Um, it's uh, if you, so the fun thing about the bills, if you read them, all the information that's come out, they suspect that we like the Canadian government brings in between 500 million and a billion dollars a month in parlay card money. And out of here. They mentioned Bet 365 wow. and Ovada by name. They're taking roughly four billion dollars a year out of the Canadian economy. Betters like myself who just lose money into Bet 365 or <laughs> um, four billion dollars a year. Just like, like you used Bet to be. Yeah, used to be. <laughs> So, I mean, the the money's there to, to be won, but uh, whether it actually happens or not, it's hard to believe. Okay. Okay. Well, well you're going to keep, uh, you're going to keep like our government's pretty normal. Yeah. 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 Big, yeah we'll, we'll have a Bitcoin sports betting exchange world. What you sidestep all this anyway. So don't, don't really realize is you guys were so lucky. I know you had to suffer through four years of, of the president that you had, but you were at least had, um, your branches of government in lockstep. The Republicans had the White House and the House of Commons um, and the majority of the Senate, I think, when the bill was repealed in 2018. We don't have yes. We have a Senate that's controlled by the Liberals and we have a like a congressman level, we call the House of Parliament, that's not controlled by the Liberals. They're a minority government right now. And just the idea that it's going to get through all these levels with all these like warring politicians to agree it's just astronomical the odds of that happening. I guess I do feel lucky that we got that passed through, considering how hard it is to get a bill passed these days. Yeah. Yeah. And not like All right. well, you're, you're gonna keep you're gonna keep handicapping tennis in an extraordinarily transparent Maybe. way. Yeah. That's why they call <laughs> you Mr. Transparent. <laughs> they don't call you that for nothing. Um check out Kelly's stuff on his Twitter timeline. You will find it all.
links to his in-depth articles breaking down the ATP, NASCAR, anything else he finds interesting in the sports betting landscape. Thursday night football totals. Once we get around to uh, NFL coming back, all the good stuff. Uh, Kelly's got his finger on the pulse of it all. Uh, one of the OGs of the Deep Dive podcast. Thank you for joining us again tonight, Kelly. Any final words for the audience before I play the ending music? No. Before, I hit, the, before I hit the tunes? <clears throat> hit the music, Drew. All right. Best of luck, guys. Nice job, Kelly. Great work. What's Canadian C-SPAN called? What's your channel? You have to unmute yourself. You muted me. <laughs> it's an auto mute when I play the music. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, that that got a little uh, little spirited in the middle there talking tennis. That was great. I think people will enjoy that. I can get more over anything. I used to do that.